Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. If you're new to church, welcome. My name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic. We're glad that you're here on this very special Christmas Eve um, Sunday service. Um, and so we've been in a series talking about the coming king. And every single week has led up to this moment. Every single week we have talked about angelic encounters that have connected with humanity, which have led us to the birth of Christ. And we talked about how the angel Gabriel showed up with Zechariah and Elizabeth and said, listen, you're going to have a son. His name is going to be John the Baptist. He's going to be a forerunner for Christ. He's going to be the one to prepare the way. And we challenged the church. And we said, church, would you all in your own way become forerunners for Christ and tell people about Jesus before it's too late? And the second part of the series, we, we talked about the angel Gabriel and how he, he met with Mary and, and, and just the way that you saw it right here. And he met with her and he told her, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. You're going to become pregnant and you're going to have a child. And we talked to you, church, and we said, listen, why Mary? Out of all the women in the world, why Mary? And we talked to you about how a life surrendered is a life that God can use. A life surrendered is, 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 is put yourself in position to allow the blessings of God to flow in your life. And then we talked to you last week about Joseph, and he has this dream, and an angel speaks to him and says, listen, you can go ahead and take Mary home as your wife. Go ahead and take her home. This is from God. And we talked about a man that God can trust. We talked about Joseph trusting Mary, not because he trusts Mary, but he trusts God and therefore can trust Mary. And we all, and, I, and, and you all came forward to the altar and you held your hand high and you wrote something on a paper and you said, with this area, I trust God. And it was powerful and it was beautiful. And this morning we continue that and we're going to look at a third angelic encounter, a fourth angelic encounter. But with that being said, I just want to take a moment to pray and we're going to jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you've led to this moment. We thank you, Father, for your holy word. Bring it alive. Speak to us. Minister us. Thank you for the play that took place and the, and the, and the music, Lord, and all of it that, that brought all of this alive so that we can see it and experience it. Now would you bless your holy word and may you give us the space to respond. Holy Spirit, work in this house. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So with that being said, we're going to be in the book of Luke, chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 21. If you brought your Bible, you can more than welcome, open up your Bible, look it up, read it on your phone, check the, uh, the app, the message notes, and we're going to go ahead and read it together. Uh, but this is what the Word of God says. It says this, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, the Romans had conquered everybody. And so in the entire Roman world, they wanted a census to count all the people. The purpose of this was for taxation. I'll explain a little bit about that in a moment. Verse 2, it says, this was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria. Now, I want to begin here with Caesar Augustus. See, his name is actually Octavia. But 
uh, Octavius, but he his goes by Caesar Augustus. This is the Roman emperor. Augustus was a name that was given to him by the Senate, by the Roman Senate. The word Augustus actually means exalted. So what I need everybody to understand at the beginning of this is that there was a man who was actually receiving worship for himself. He had been given this title, Exalted One, and everybody in the Roman Empire was free to give him worship. And so, here is Octavian. Here is this Exalted One. See, Jesus is born in Bethlehem and not in Nazareth where his parents are from, where they lived. Because this man, who was known as the Exalted One, called a census. Now, this is significant for a few reasons. And number one, there were 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus that were fulfilled. 300 details. And I need you to know this because God is in the details of your life. Think about the circumstances and the situation, everything that's led you to this moment. Understand that God's in the details. Now, we all make our own decisions, but God is in the details. And so in Micah chapter 5 and in verse 2, the Bible says this. This is 700 years before Jesus, keep in mind. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So somebody is going to come. Mary and Joseph are from Nazareth. Jesus is known to be from Nazareth. But why is he born in Bethlehem? Because God is in the details. Because it had been prophesied 700 years before that he would be there. And so in his sovereignty, he uses a Roman emperor who decides to call a census. And God is above it all. This is what I want us to understand. Sometimes you may miss where God is working in your life. You may not see his hand. You may not see what he's doing. You might think, well, I'm just doing me. But God is at that 30,000-foot level, and he's doing things to put you in position so that you'll finally look up. He'll put you in position so that you'll, you'll learn and you'll say and choose. The book of Acts describes it this way, that he will he'll draw us all to him. He'll give us all the opportunity, though he's not far from any one of us. And so seek him. This morning is special because we get to recognize the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you say it with me? God is in the details. Yes, He is. And with that, we still have all of our own choices. But know, brothers and sisters, this morning that God loves you deeply. And there is not an accident. You're not in the situation that you're in by accident. You're, you're, this is all happening for a reason. So don't tune out. Tune in. Verse 3, the Bible says this, And everyone went on their own way to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now, you'll notice here in verse 5, it says, Pledged to be married. And if you've studied this and you've been a part of the series, you already know that Joseph had it in his heart to divorce Mary already. So how can the, if you're only pledged to be married, 
how can the he of divorce? Because it works a little bit different. See, in their engagement, they would have had no sexual relationship, not until the marriage was complete. However, in Jewish culture, engagement was much more binding than in modern culture today. So if you were engaged, it was pretty much a done deal. You were pretty much, that was, that was what it was going to be. And so they are traveling together, and they are pledged to be married, and they're making their way to Bethlehem. Verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Understand this, Jesus was not born in a palace. Jesus was not born in the Ritz-Carlton. He was not born in a fancy hospital. He was born in a humble environment. God touched ground in a humble environment. He came in the most humble uh, humbles of ex experience, the most humble of, of moments that he comes here in just the same way that he will eventually ride into the city in Jerusalem for the last time, and we talk about it on Palm Sunday. He comes on a donkey. He comes on a donkey. He, he was born in this humble moment. And then the story begins to transition. It says this in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and by the glory, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for what? Who, what people? All people. And today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, as soon as they would have heard the word Messiah, this would have been significant because they, it had been prophesied that they were waiting for the Messiah. Who's the Messiah? The Messiah is the Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's his title. It's what he's come to do. And so for them, they knew that this is the Messiah. Wait, the one we've been waiting for, this is significant. This is a huge deal. For them, it meant absolutely everything. This is the good news, though. He says for all people. It was not just for the Jewish people. When the angels proclaimed it, it was for everybody. See, this is good news for you and I. Here's what I want you to know. The good news for all people is that Christ was born. For all who believe, this is the best news life has to offer. There is no better news than this. This is the best possible news that life has to offer. The good news for us this morning is that Christ was born, the only one who can save our souls. And so the angel continues with its message to the shepherds in verse 12. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts, and this would have been thousands of angels, appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. So God touches down in the form of a child to rescue humanity from the sin that separates us from God. You see, worship is the proper response. When you recognize what God has done for you, how can you not worship? How can we not worship when you finally get it? When it, when it clicks, when it makes sense. Like, for me? Wait, like, I know Jesus did that, but for me? 
This is my blood. He came to set me free, to give me access to the Father, to save me. See, the proper response is worship. When you finally get it, you're willing to get out of your comfort zone. You're willing to, you know what, I'm, I'm will, what do I got to give up? Like, if this is what I get, what do I got to give up? What do I got to do differently? How do I got to do it? I mean, should I raise my hands? Should I kneel down? I mean, should I, should I jump? How should I get excited? I mean, because when I recognize what he's done for me, I, I, I'm not just going to sit back like this anymore. No, 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 no. I, I'm in. I'm in. If I recognize what he's truly done for me, listen, listen, God, I... I that love is a love that's too pure and too holy and too real. I, I, I've experienced too much in the world, and I had people turn their back on me too many times, and I've been hurt this way and that way. But when this love comes, hey, I'm all in. Because it's a love that satisfies. It's a love that's holy. It's a love that changes everything around us. So how can we not give our best? How can we not worship? That's the best thing that we can do, his worship. I want you to look at the shepherds in verses 15. This is this, when the angels heard, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. I just want to share with you, just over the next five minutes, just the next five minutes, I want to just share with you. There's a whole lot that's happening in this story, but it's, it's, it's actually a very simple story. It's, 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 it's very, very simple. Christ came into the world to save humanity. The Father sends the Son. Not so he can just go joyride earth and check it out, but so that he would come on purpose and with a mission, thinking about us all in mind, thinking about you, thinking about that person that you know that's so far away from Christ and you know their lifestyle and you know what they've been doing and you know how they think and you know how he came for them. He came for them. You see, this season is not about Santa Claus. Like, if, if, if for a moment you could imagine the devil, he's a real being, okay? But if you could imagine him, how crafty and intentional would he be to make all of this about Santa Claus, to distract the people, put a smile on it, tell a great story so that people would stop looking at what happened in this humble manger, Look at all of this. Make it all about that. So that we would stop to see. We would forget about. But the church needs to rise up and make the focus the focus. This is about the Lord Jesus. 
this has nothing to do with any reindeer or, 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 or anything like that. This is about the Lord Jesus. This season is about celebrating the birth of Christ. And there are two things the shepherds do in response to the angel's message and their own investigation. And I'm just going to share them with you quickly. Number one, they tell others the good news about Christ. Secondly, they glorified and praised God. These two things take place, and this is my challenge for us today. This is it. They tell others the good news about Christ, and they glorified and praised God. Listen, in my life, when the light bulb went on, I was like, whoa, okay, God, you're like really real. When that moment happened in me, I was so ready to surrender. I didn't know what I, I didn't know that I needed to surrender. I didn't know that I needed more of God in my life. I didn't quite get that. But when it happened, and I was like, oh, God, I need you. I need you. I didn't realize how much I needed you. It was a place, and I remember I came, and I got on my knees. It was just, I, I, I didn't know what I need. But when I began to understand, when the light bulb went on, I knew I needed this. I needed this. My soul was meant for this. It was deep in my spirit. I needed this. And it was going to affect my decisions going forward. It was going to affect the trajectory of my life. It was, it was going to affect how I treat other people. It was going to affect how I treat and understood what, what, God, what God is. All of it. But I came to this place. See, when I was found, and I like to think of it that way, the way the scriptures described it, that I was out there lost and he came and found me. And some of you, you know because he came and found you. You were where you were at and you were doing what you were doing. He swooped in and said, my child, you know it. I'm calling you home. I love you. I'm with you. I'm for you. Come, come be with me. If you haven't encountered them, if you haven't encountered him, then it's this love you haven't experienced yet. But if you have encountered him, it's a love that will make you do things differently. It's a love that will bring you to your knees. It's a love that will satisfy you. It's a love that will say, oh, I used to like that, but now I'm just, I, feel, I don't feel like I need that. I'm so whole inside. It's a love that changes everything, everything, everything. And I remember at that moment, I, all I wanted to do was get to as close to him as possible, line my life up with him as close as possible. And I found myself doing what the shepherds did. Let me just read quickly for you in verses 17 through 20. It says this, when they had seen him, right, when they had encountered him, because they went to go see, they went to go investigate. They had heard about Jesus from the angels. It was this angelic encounter. So they go to investigate. So when they had seen him, when they had encountered him, what did they do? They started telling people about Jesus. And I can just imagine it. Right, they went from the, the humble moment, the humble little inn here to the, the, the little the manger and all of that, and they probably went to the next inn and the next house. They're knocking on the door. Guess what? The Messiah was born. The Christ was born. The one that we've been waiting for. He's now here. He's arrived. Do you remember some of you when you first came to faith, the fire and the passion you had inside? Do you remember it? That you, you just wanted to tell everybody about Jesus, didn't you? You were excited about what God had done. He had changed you and set you free and done a good work. He had, he had filled you with his love and his spirit. And you were just so excited you wanted to tell everybody. Because you couldn't keep inside the goodness of God that had just filled your life. 
And I pray in this season of our church that God would rekindle that fire in your life and just blow it blow it blow it that this this passion would grow in you again this this excitement would grow in you again you would shake off the excuses of why this and why you can't do that and this and that and all the things in this life that the devil would like to whisper in your ear and tell you why you can't or why you're not good enough throw that out because he loves you his love is real it's a tangible physical feeling a spirit that he'll come over you and say my child's there's no better place to be than in my presence and in my house. The Messiah was born. Somebody say the Messiah was born. See, it ain't too late to tell people that the Messiah was born. I saw this post this week, and I wanted to share it with you. It says this. It says this, yeah, right, right here. You're not obligated to believe, but I'm obligated to tell you Jesus is coming back. See, we can't be so worried about, listen, what are they going to think if I tell them about Jesus? People are not obligated to believe. They're not obligated to accept this love in their life. They don't have to if they don't want to. But for those who have been filled with this love, we are obligated to share. We are called to share. We can't stay silent about the goodness of God. You cannot stay silent about what has set you free, about what's changed you, about what's satisfied. You cannot stay silent about it. And this is what the shepherds do. And the second thing that we see them do here in verse 20, this is the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, heard and seen, which is just which were just as they had been told. So the shepherds praised God. You know what's so amazing about this story, and I opened up to tell you this, but Bethlehem, like Israel, was under Roman control. Roman had conquered the, the known area. And I told you that Caesar Augustus is the Roman emperor. His name was actually Octavian. But Augustus was a name that was given to him. So it was a name added to it. So Caesar, not Caesar Octavius, but he's now Caesar Augustus. And it was the Senate gave him this name. And it was this name that means exalted, exalted one. And so he could now receive praise for himself. He could receive worship. People can come to him and declare him as God of the known world. But on this night... It was nothing about Caesar Augustus receiving worship. Somebody else was getting worship. Worship that would change the course of humanity. On this night, the Lord Jesus Christ touched ground. The shepherds came and they worshiped. Worship team, would you, would you come? Gabby, would you, would you come? Whoever, who's ever coming? I think this gets me so emotional because it's so real. It's something that's changed my life. I don't live how I used to be. I, I mean, it is something so, so many of you have been touched by God in a way that changes everything. Because his love is so like right here. You, you don't have to go far. He says, I'm not far from anybody. If you want it, it's here. Now, if you do like, I don't want nothing to do with your God, with your church, with your Jesus, I don't want nothing to do with that. I came because the kids. 
<laughs> but if you want it, it's real, and it's a love that'll satisfy you. It's a love that'll heal you, a love that'll make you whole, a love that'll do something in your life that you never even thought possible. I could never imagine myself, yeah. But he'll, he'll free you from that. See, what the shepherds do is the shepherds encounter and then they worship. They can't keep their mouth shut about telling he's here, he's alive. And they worship. And so my challenge for all of us is, is, is simply this. If, if you have not, if you have not encountered Christ, then today is the perfect day because hope is alive in Christ. So call on him. Call on him. But if you have encountered Christ, would you make a commitment to share Christ boldly with love and worship him with passion? Would you do that? Could you stand to your feet? I just want to take some moment to, to, to worship him. I'm going to pray here in just a moment. But on this Christmas Eve Sunday, 2023, the Holy Spirit is present. His word is here. You've gotten to see the word in, 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 a, in a play, act it out so that you can see the moments. You've heard the word. You've, you've, you've worshiped with us. Are you ready to take that next step, that next level? Are you ready to say, you know what, I want to rekindle the fire? I, I, I want it to begin to burn and, and grow greater. And in 2024, I want to live, I want to live on fire for the Lord. I, I want to be set free. I want to walk in his goodness. I want to walk in his his power and his love and authority. I want to be closer to him than I've ever been in my whole life. Would you join me in prayer, Father, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus? I just thank you for this moment. I thank you for your church. I thank you for your holy word. And I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to be born in the flesh. Eventually, 33 years later, after this moment, he's going to die on the cross. And be our substitute and pay the price for our sins. But this morning, hope is alive. Hope is alive. Is there anybody here today with nobody looking around? Maybe you're here today and you say, hey, the truth is I haven't been living right with God. Maybe you used to. Maybe you've never been with the Lord. But you say, you know what? I recognize the error of my ways. And if, if God can forgive me for all of it, then I want to be forgiven. I, I really want to surrender to the Lord. And I, I really want to follow after him. Maybe you're having your light bulb moment and you just, you just, you're, you're, you want Jesus. Doesn't mean you got it all worked out, but you know what you want. And if that's you, would you quickly just put your hand up and then down? Let me, allow me just to see that. Thank you. I see a hand. Anybody else? Thank you. I see a hand. Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. I see your hands. Anybody else? I want Jesus. I want Jesus. This love. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for the mistakes we've made. Forgive us for the lies 
the cheating, the stealing. Forgive us for the things we've watched that we shouldn't have watched, for the things we've listened to that we shouldn't have listened to, for the open doors we've had in our life, for the things that we knew were taking place and we turned our back and we allowed them to happen anyway, for the things that we participated in that we should not have had nothing to do with. Forgive us for all of it, all of it. You teach us, Father, in your holy word that we can be forgiven if we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. I believe that there are people today that are confessing you, Jesus Christ, you as Lord and as Savior. And they're saying, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And Father, I just pray your blessing over every one of them. I pray you would strengthen them and encourage them. I pray, God, they would be welcomed into the family of believers and loved on and encouraged. And I pray, God, that you would continue your good work in their life. Maybe there's some strongholds that need to be broken. Maybe there's some areas they need to be set free from, God. Maybe they need your physical touch and a healing in their life, God. Maybe, maybe, maybe whatever it is. Maybe they used to walk with you and that fire needs to just be rekindled, Lord, and taken off again. Maybe they're coming back to you, Lord. Maybe you have found them again on this Christmas Eve. Father, whatever the case may be, I pray that your love would win. I pray that your love would be poured out by your Holy Spirit, by you, Holy Spirit. Love just poured out over your people. Do a wonderful, powerful thing today. And we give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash ES. Um, but you can also email us here. You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P, D-E-S-K, helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff, and we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.